Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their awesome hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams, who listened to episode 129. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Um, I, I have to start this episode off with an apology um, from the bottom of my heart to a former sponsor. Um, and that sponsor is Black Coffee. Um, Black Coffee, you know that you've been a part of uh, my life for a long time. And uh, recently though, uh, I think you've sensed it, I've, I've been cheating on you um, with Mountain Dew Rises and Bang Energy Drinks. And I, I know they're not good for me. I know they're no good, but uh, that's a path I've gone down. And I, I want to tell you that I'm coming back to you exclusively. I'm going to try and get rid of those in my life, but they're very addictive. So please bear with me as I do so. Thank you for your patience, Black Coffee. Um, <laughs> jokes aside, I tell you what, those uh, energy drinks are very addictive. So don't don't ever start drinking those. Um, uh, I have been running on a little bit of sleep recently, and I'll tell you about that here in a minute. But just want to say thank you for coming back to the episode. Thanks for putting up with my antics and goofiness, and thanks for your ratings and reviews. And if you'd ever like to come on the show, I am always looking for guests. It's sheddinglightod at gmail.com. Would love to hear your hunting stories. So for me, uh, hunting, fishing, that's pretty well dried up. Uh, and here is why. As of July 25th, my wife and I became licensed to foster, uh, something that we really drug our feet on for a long time, um, about a year and a half, in fact. Uh, before COVID, we were kicking this around and finally signed up, and it took a while, a lot of miscommunication with the agency, and then training, and then CPR training, and then the home study, and it just took a long time. But finally, um, we just kept saying yes to the next little thing that we felt God was leading us to, and we got licensed. Coincidentally, that was about the time, if you've <laughs> been keeping track, that I kind of went a little crazy into fishing. Um, I knew that my time of freedom um, and being able to get out and do a lot of that was was about to go away. And sure enough, uh, this past week, uh, a week ago Tuesday, uh, we got a call at 6 p.m. that we had um, two girls that needed immediate placement, a three-year-old and an eight-year-old sister. And oh, by the way, their baby brother was just born today, and we want you to take him whenever he gets out of the hospital here in a, a few few days. So now we have a three-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a newborn baby at our home. Hence the energy drinks <laughs> and the extra caffeine to get me through the day. And um, you know, we still got our other two girls at home, and it's been a wild week uh, just getting adjusted and getting used to that. Uh, we, we've received a lot of help and support from people at our church and other people that have just been encouraging. And I just got to say, I don't feel like I am a hero. I don't feel like I'm anything special. I feel like I've been pretty blessed. I had a great uh, dad, great mom, still have a great mom, and great childhood, extremely blessed in my life um, in just so many ways. And God opened up this door, and we just decided to step into it, and hopefully we can provide a little bit of that blessing for a little bit of time for these kids. We have no idea how long we'll have them. It could be next week that they go. It could be six months from now. It could be over a year. Uh, it might even be more of an adoption kind of thing. We don't know. Uh, that's not necessarily the goal, but it's just unknown. So for however long we have these kids, I just hope that we can bless them. Uh, the little one, little girl, so sweet. Um, you know, within the first couple of days, she had a hard time knowing what to call me. She figured out Trabice was what she called me. Um, she loves calling me Trabice and wanting to know what my name is. But a couple of times she's accidentally called me dad or daddy. And that just, it melts my heart because... Um, she needs that in her life, and, and I, I think she knows that I'm not really her dad, but um, I'm, I'm filling that role right now the best that I can, uh, to be a blessing to her and to help her out, and it's just so, um, 
it's such a rewarding yet challenging thing to do, and I'm just grateful for the opportunity. So I'd appreciate your prayers if you're the praying type, and um, if I seem tired or mix up my words, that's probably why. <laughs> it ties in a little bit to today's uh, guest and some of the things we talk about together. Um, we have a great guest on today. He has some amazing stories, and we get into uh, some hunting prep and some things for the fall and just some really great things I think that you guys are going to enjoy. His name is Tom Lalonde. He's from Wisconsin, and he has some great stuff that I think you're going to enjoy today. So we're going to jump right in. Here is Tom Lalonde. Well, joining me from Wisconsin is Tom Lalonde. Tom, how's things going, man? Going really well. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it a bunch. Absolutely. Uh, how's, how's things out in Wisconsin? Man, uh, they were really dry for a while. Um, and they have gotten real wet as of late, um, over this past weekend, we had some pretty significant flash flooding, um, where I live is the Cooley region. They, they call it uh, driftless area. And we actually, um, some of our really close friends had their whole basement flood, uh, all the way up to the floor joists of the main level. So, and they lost. Um, all kinds of stuff, obviously. So, and they're having some trouble with insurance company and, um, their car got totaled too. So, um, yeah, just prayers for all those folks. Um, the Schicks is the, our friends and then everybody else that's dealing with, with the, uh, with the flooding here in lacrosse. It's, it's interesting, you know, things like that that come up and it just seems like, you know, if you watch the news, there's always something going on. But I, I do think there's power in prayer. So I'd encourage anybody that's a praying type, go ahead and pray for the shicks right now. Just take a, a moment and pause and lift them up because that's that's got to be uh, tough, you know, especially losing everything. And, I mean, that's a that's a major flood in here. I had, like, a minor flood in my house, and I just know how annoying that was. But to have one like that, that you know, um, that's that's tough to recover from sometimes. So Yeah, and, and yeah, it's – it. We're still, I was talking to the husband – yesterday and um you know i asked him i said to him man how how are you doing and he said man you know the first two days it was just like all right we got to get this this and this done and he, it was in go go mode and then he said the last day i've just kind of had time to look look around and he just it's just it's just heavy you know there's not many words for it um yeah, yeah so definitely mm. they they're they're their faith has been strong through this. Um, they've always stayed positive in that way. And I mean, again, I say, I say it all the time. I can't believe, I can't imagine, um, not knowing Christ, not, not knowing God as Abba and, and in this world with everything that's going on. Um, and just stuff like this, man, it's just like, I don't know how I, how, how I used to get through it. So, (laughs) yeah. No, I, I hear you. I, I appreciate you kind of bringing that up. Usually we kind of talk about the, those things at the end, but I'll just, I want to ask you this real quick for our listeners who maybe aren't well-versed in the Bible. What does Abba mean? What, what's that term? Oh man, it is my, honestly, my favorite term for God. Um, it means dear daddy. Um, and I just, you know, my dad, I love my father. Um, my earthly father here. Um, and he'll, he'll be the first to admit it. We had, we had rough times, um, growing up, him and I were, were a lot alike. And, and so there wasn't, 
when I, when I was growing up, there wasn't that, there was love and I knew he loved me, but it wasn't that kind of like that type of like a dear daddy thing. And we yeah. are now him and I, him and I are, are, are tight. Now we talk about everything and we work through a lot. Um, but I just, that, that phrase, that, that name for God just resonates with me so much more, I think because of that. Um, and, and it's just, yeah, it's my favorite. It just keeps me, keeps me knowing that I can be vulnerable with him. And the, the toughest person in the world, Jesus Christ, if I can approach him with that type of vulnerability and he still sees me as a, a strong father to my family, um, I'm like, man, that's, that's it for me. Man, Tom, that's good. That, that brings up just a lot of thoughts for me recently with um, fostering with kids and things like that. And that just that term daddy, you know, um, mm-hmm. some of us maybe called called our dad, dad or pops, or we never had that old man or whatever. Um, but a lot of us, if you were younger, that, that was just kind of like the very first word that you learned how to say. And um, a lot of power in that, especially thinking about God that way is not just like the unapproachable, you know, creator of the universe, but your actual daddy. That's, that's, that's pretty deep there. And that's good to think about. Well, yeah, definitely man. praying, praying for your friend and um, keep him at the top. Let's, I want to dive in a little bit with kind of your background and your story a little bit. So tell us a little bit about you, what you do in Wisconsin, and then I'd love to hear kind of how you got into hunting and how that started for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so here in, I live in La Crosse, Wisconsin area. Um, and I work with, uh, XL energy, which is a utility company up in this area. Um, and kind of grew up blue collar, um, and up in North central Minnesota and love that type of work. Um, and got into the gas industry in the working in the field um and just kind of worked my way up got got within the company and and was able to make my way down here um and the reason why we wanted to make the switch or always wanted to come down to the driftless area is i work with an archery ministry since i've worked with them since kicking bear ministry since 2013 um and they're based out of this area and it's just every time we come down here, my wife and I, before we moved down here, it was, man, we got to try and get down here someday. And, and the Lord, I tell you what, it was about a week and uh, a week uh, time frame in 2018 that the opportunity came up. And uh, I looked at my wife and I said, hey, this is our opportunity. Do we want to take it? And she said, I, I guess we do. <laughs> so um, we got down here. But uh, growing up, hunting was a huge part of my just uh heritage and family but also also really like the the culture that i that i wanted to be a part of and so got my hunter safety when i was uh, i guess technically 11 um and then 12 because in minnesota you can hunt when you're 12 uh, then I don't know if that's changed, but, uh, went out rifle hunting with my dad, got a doe my first year. And I was just, I still remember when I, the, she was only like 30 yards away. Um, when she came in and Northern Minnesota, you don't see a ton of deer. 
densities just aren't there. Um, so I knew I was going to shoot her right away. She was a really good sized doe too. Yeah. Pulled, pulled up on her. And I just remember that, that picture of, of, cause my dad always told me like, you have to be ready. You're taking that animal's life. Like you have to be ready to, and you have to be in the zone, not just like excited and, and thankful, but in the zone in that moment that you're pulling that trigger. Mm. And so I just remember that just looking through the scope at her and, and just kind of just saying thank you and squeezing the trigger and she dropped right there. It was, it was my dad and I, we just went nuts. So, um, mm-hmm. fast forward a couple of years, um, did rifle hunting for a little while. And then I, I started, I picked up a bow. Um, cause I remember my dad always used to bow hunt and then with family and stuff just got too busy. So he, he put it away for a while. I don't, I don't really remember what, gave me the itch to get back into it or to get into it for myself. But I, I asked my dad if we could get a bow and, um, for me and I could shoot around and I think it was friends growing up. I think it was my friends that kind of got me into it. One of my buddies worked at an archery shop in, um, in Aiken, Minnesota there. And, um, yeah, we just, I remember like we would, we would, we would be able to stay there after hours shooting the techno hunt. Um, for hours oh, yeah Those are fun. Just, yeah man it, and it just it was just it and so i got my dad ended up getting back into it um because i was always pulling at him to go um and uh yeah that's what started bow hunting and then i remember uh one rifle season i shot a doe and uh i just I, honestly it's su- it makes me super sad to say it but i felt nothing hmm. um and I just said, all right, I can, I, I can't rifle hunt again until, um, until I feel this back again. And so I just put the rifle down. Um, and I think I was 14 or f- maybe 15 at that time. Um, and, uh, I've picked one up now because of my son going out with my son. Um, I go, we go rifle hunting together. Um, but that's, that's basically, yeah, ever since, and then taking youth out with kicking bear, I'll carry a rifle, but, um, they're obviously the ones shooting. And, um, that's interesting to me. I've heard guys say, if I ever, I've always heard people say the phrase, if I ever stop getting excited or if I ever stop, then I'll, I'll go ahead and put the the weapon down. And that happened for you at 14. That's kind of an interesting (laughs) thing to me because it's usually, Guys like, oh yeah, it still gives me a rush, and I'm 85. But it kind of at 14, you realize the rifle just wasn't, um, just wasn't it for you. Yeah, and I don't, I, I like, it's there. It was just for me, and I don't know if it was because I was so hooked on bow hunting, and I just loved the, and maybe it goes back to that dear daddy thing. Maybe I just enjoyed the vulnerability and the intimacy that you have in that moment. Um, and, I, and the, the rifle is an incredible way to get new people to, to keep people going out or for the people who, you know, maybe they, they don't have the time, um, or just don't prioritize the bow hunt. And so, but it allows them to get out and, Absolutely. and you know, for a couple weekends, I think it's, I think it's awesome and awesome tool, but I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I saying it now that at 14, I decided 14 or 15, I decided, you know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on bow hunting. Uh, it, it 
I've always known that fact, but saying it, I guess, kind of feels funny. But um, uh, it's, yeah, I, it, I think that's it too. I, I like in Ohio, um, you're not allowed to use rifles except for now they've allowed straight wall cartridges. Mm. And I've thought about getting one of those. I do enjoy muzzleloader hunting because something about having just one shot. Although it does seem like if you miss with a muzzleloader, they stop and stare at you while you reload. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it. I even that it's like I don't know that I've shot a deer with my muzzleloader past 60 yards 70 yards tops like it's it still seems like if i'm with my muzzleloader it's still close range for the most part and and if guys enjoy that and they get your heart rate going and that's what you know and you love i mean i'm 100 100 supportive of that if that's legal where you hunt but for me yeah. I, I get what you're talking about there's something about once you've experienced deer walking right underneath your stand and there's that closeness you can see them they have no idea that that you're there that that's different to me than if I were to try and take a 200 yard poke at a, an animal that's way out there has no clue that I'm there. You know, there's a difference for me, but that's just right. for me. Yeah. Right. And I, I should, I should go back to it because I did, um, when you brought up the, uh, muzzleloader, that made me think I've, I've picked up a shotgun and I've, I hunted, um, on some, some public land down here, um, with a shotgun with a buddy. Um, last year so i guess tech i don't know if you call that a i don't know where the category is at but i i had that realization just a minute ago i said oh yeah um i did get out and do that and um that honestly that is super fun for me and i don't know if it's because it for me it feels i always thought shotguns were for bird hunting because growing up we could use the rifles mm -hmm. um and i don't know if that you know the open sights or what it was but it 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 i was fired up man i shot yeah. that dope I actually shot her pretty far, um, but uh, that's all I knew growing up, man. That was it. I mean, 20 so gauge fun. Mossberg, and then I graduated yeah. into a Remington 870 Wingmaster, which really is a, more of a bird gun, I guess, but I, I had a slug barrel on it. And that's for years, that was the only thing I shot deer with. So, you know, that's man. interesting just the way you grow up and different weapons and how they, they play a part in, in your, your upbringing. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I have appreciated, I guess, form of a fight. That's a firearm. So um, I'll uh, I'll take that one. But but yeah, man, um, it's been bow hunting really for for bow hunting whitetails um, for a long time. And I was I was pretty well focused on trying to hunt big bucks through college. And then um, the family came. Uh, we were blessed with kiddos early on and. Um, I just, I, I, I'm a total meat hunter, man. I will like, I get fired up obviously about big bucks and doing, I love doing land management, um, habitat management and stuff, but I, I got so fired up after I shot my first doe last year that I just, I was shaking. I bought, I had, I just had a, I just climbed, literally climbed up into a tree, um, on my buddy's property and was was standing in the crotch of a tree with my harness on and um i just yeah i, I shot her and um shout out to magnus broadheads too for that one because i purposely shot her she was hard quartering away and that arrow zipped all the way through her the oh, yeah. just grabbed it on the other side but um my buddy I, uses Magnus and those things are awesome. I went around shooting trad. I use Magnus, um, not sponsored or anything, but I, I, I can tell you their stuff is sharp out of the box and does a good job. Right. They, yes, that is what my favorite thing. I, I shoot the black Hornets. Um, 
and and I've I've known Mike for a little while. I've shot them for a couple of years. And Mike Sham is an incredible guy um, down there out of Kansas, and <laughs> awesome. He loves Jesus so much too. It's it's awesome. Honestly, a lot of times I'll call him and and we just end up chatting about the Lord and and what he hearing his story about um, what the Lord's done through just keeping Magnus going. I mean, his story, they're incredible. So, um, yeah, I'll probably shoot them for, for the foreseeable future. I'll say, but they just, (laughs) they tear through stuff and they are incredibly sharp, easy to sharpen, super tough. Um, but yeah, anyways, yeah, I, uh, that was kind of where I was, where I'm, and where I'm at now. It just, yeah. Neat hunter. So I want to get into like one of your, your specific stories with a bow. So whenever you think back over like the last few years, um, is there a story that in, in your mind, that's what I love about the show is we always hear the best of the best. So what, what rises to the top for you as far as one of your favorite hunts that, um, you know, story that kind of surrounds that. So I think the story that jumps out to me, um, at least where, like with where my mind is now, in terms of hunting and, and my goals and um, the direction I want to take is, was actually one that my last hunt um, last year here in, in January. Um, we have a little bit longer season here for, for Metro units um, in this area. And one thing I, I have really started to enjoy doing is, is getting other people out and, and hunting with, with people. Um, I know a, a lot of guys like they're focused when they go and, and this is a great way to do it. I'm not knocking any way, but you know, they want to go and they want to hunt those big bucks and, and focus solely on that, which again, if, if that's the way God created your mind to work, that's awesome. But he, for some reason, he gave me this itch to just like, I don't know if it's just to hang out with people or just enjoy the stories or, or what it is, but, um, or if I just get bored too easily by myself, I don't really know <laughs> what it is, but, um, last, it was, like I said, it was in January there, my buddy and I, uh, a buddy of mine, Casey, who's a former Marine. Um, and he just, so <laughs> if, if you, if you know, Casey, he's like, when he does something, it's 110%. And this, this guy just started bow hunting. Um, last year was his first season but the way when we go hunting together you would think he's been he's been bow hunting for you know 20 years or whatever longer than me um and i and i love that about him he's just so he's so confident but because he he does a lot of studying um and he and he asks a lot of questions and 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 so he we were we were like okay let's go to this plot we've never we've never been there let's just go check it out. It, it seems pretty good. Let's go see if there's, um, corn still up. Um, so we go, we get to the spot and he's like, Oh, I'm going to go down here and check out this side. And you go, you know, hunt that's, I'm like, dude, that is not, that's not where you want to be. And we're going back and forth on, and I'm like, we should both go to this side, drop one guy here. The other guy go down the ridge and, and stop down here, see what kind of, um, see what point they're coming off of. And, and, just kind of an observation night. And, uh, while we're getting ready, just going back and forth on that. And I just, I love that, that banter and that, 
that brotherhood that comes. <laughs> and I yeah. think that's what, what I, what draws me to bringing people out is just that brotherhood just kind of messing with each other while you're walking out there and, um, and whatever. So we, we go out and we're, we're walking down the road and we are able to, we are going to cut up on the ridge. We finally decided to both go on the same side and, and, you know, drop one guy and the other guy keep going, man. I tell you, we, we had a little bit of snow. I think it was like six or eight inches or something like that, but it got warm. Uh, I think that week and then it got cold again and that we, we took like, after we, we got in, once we got it off of like the, the road, uh, the snow, the snow plow drift and we got kind of into the woods that snow was like walking on just a saltine cracker man it was like that's the worst with it was like and it, but it would like it would crack but then it would keep cracking as you push your weight down so you i mean you we had we should have had hoverboards or something it was it was horrible so we're we walk we walk up this ridge to the one of the slopes of it we walk and we walk two-thirds of the way up and we kind of peek around one of the points there and i'm like dude i don't i don't think we should keep going because we're just gonna blow i mean and it was quiet too there's no wind it was quiet and i said i we looked to it we kept kind of turning to each other every time we'd walk and we're like oh my gosh you know luckily we had one guy walking behind the other so I finally looked at him. I said, dude, let's just turn around. We, we crossed the power line um, right away while we were walking up there. And I said, let's just, and there was a trail running down that. I said, let's just go set up on this edge of where these pines start. And, and then we kind of got some um, kind of some young deciduous trees there. Uh, and then the power line. So you, you kind of had three edges um, or two or three edges right there. And then it kind of dropped off. But the, I mean, we were only like maybe a hundred yards from the road. Yeah. 90 yards, 85 yards from the road, something like that. And, and I'm like, I, at, at this point, let's just like, let's just see if we see a deer way off in the distance, or at least we can watch his, you know, the area he wanted to sit and see if he was, you know, see if there was a deer. So we're sitting there and, we were cutting it up for a while, man. We just, cause at this point we're both just like, whatever, this is, this hunt's done. Like we're just here to have fun and, and chat and see if we can see some deer off in the distance and set up tomorrow maybe or something. Um, so he's sitting on the ground by a tree. I'm leaning up. There was a, a cedar tree um, or a pine tree. I don't remember what, but it was kind of leaning just enough. So I, I just stood there. And we were facing each other and I was looking up the ridge. He was looking down it towards the power line right away there. And we kind of had a pine point that kept going to my right. Um, and I was, I was closer to the end of the point than he was. So he was to my left. Um, and we're just hanging out laughing. I mean, we were, we weren't talking loud, but we were, you know, we were talking and, uh, and all of a sudden I was looking back towards him kind of up the ridge and he was looking back to my right. Um, and he's like, Tom, there's a deer. 
And I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. Like, again, not believing just because of who he is and, and his uh, – the way he jokes. I was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. He's like, no, it's a buck. It's a buck. And he's, he's like, getting. I'm like, dude, you're so full of it. I'm just – I wanted to just, like, throw something at him. But I'm – and uh, he's like, Tom, look, no, it's a buck. It's a nice buck. Like, and so I – I finally turned, I mean, this, he was saying it for, it had to be a minute and a half. I mean, he was going, he's like, dude, turn fight. <laughs> so I finally look and it was, it was a lot darker in the pines, um, obviously than what it was out kind of anywhere else, basically. Right. And so it was, it was really hard to see. And I finally, after looking for like 45 seconds, I picked up um, some movement. And I was like, man, I just can't see anything. And it's way off. And it's, it's just, it really kind of distort, distorted uh, my view just with all the different dynamics in there with light and type of cover and everything. So I'm looking and, and I'm facing, I would have to get this deer. I'd have to spin all the way around. Um, if, if it ended up, you know, coming our way, it looked like it was walking away and and I, at this point, I haven't seen the rack yet. So I think Casey's still full of, full of snot. I don't, I don't believe him at all. Um, <laughs> and, and it, and it was walk, started walking away from us. And then it, for some reason it spun back around and started walking towards us. Now, luck, here's the, here's the best part. Cause Casey sh- could have shot this so-called buck uh, quite a few different times because of where he was sitting at the different lanes he had, he probably could have got it at anywhere from 30 to 40 yards at different times. But thankfully he already shot his Wisconsin buck. Uh, so he, he only had a doe tag. And, um, and so I was, you know, if it was a buck, I was going to shoot it. Um, and sure enough, it spun around and, and started coming towards me. And, and I finally get a glimpse of the rack and I bought my jaw dropped. I was like, Oh my gosh this thing is huge. Like it, and so I looked away, I looked away right away because the year before I got shook up on a buck because of his antlers and, and, and I went zinged one right over his back. So I'm like, I'm like, all right, just pick a spot on the body, execute your shot, you know, and that's it. And we'll see what happens. And, and, uh, well, he, he's coming through and then, um, he's finally walking towards us, kind of angling towards us. And I've got to spin all the way around. So it, luckily, this is a this is this is a tip. And I, I know I've heard um, several different people say it before. Zach from the Hunting Public has said it. But how important it is to clear out underneath your feet when you're when you're on the ground, like a good space, not just like right where your feet are, but but a good space. I did that and clear out a good space around me, right down to bare dirt. Casey did the same thing. And I was able to spin all the way around with that deer walking at me. Now there were trees and stuff in between and pretty good brush, but, um, and we were in the shadows pretty well too, but that was, that was huge. So I was able to spin all the way around while he's, he's closing the distance here. Thankfully he was walking slow, kind of just meandering and browsing. Um, and he came to about 30 yards. I thought it was about 30. He must've been actually like, 25 so he's a little closer um and i had my i just i i had the the hha's new um four pin site um i had that housing and so with 
with that, the way they, they have it set up, my pins were able to still be really, really close. Um, and so I, I just remember kind of like, I think he's 30. I remember going back and forth in my head. I think he's 30. I think he's this and that. And then, and this is after I'm at full draw and I, I stopped him and, um, he, uh, he finally came, stopped him. I'm at full draw and I, and I'm going back and forth on, on the yardage and what pin and everything. And I finally remember saying, I just said, Lord, I trust you. And no, and, uh, I squeezed the trigger and that arrow zings straight through his, his, his backbone. Total pass through. He dropped. Um, so another testament's why I'll always shoot Magnus. Um, he dropped and then, but he's kind of, sadly, he was still um, trying to crawl away. So Casey and I, Casey runs down to the, uh, to the power line right away. Cause that's kind of where he, he, he rolled down to or whatever. And I grab another arrow, throw it on and run up to him and knock it and draw. I thought I was close, but then he, he rolled again, right. As I was about to pull the trigger. So <laughs> I go, and this is not that this is how you should do it, but this is just where I was at mentally. I was so in the zone that I'm, and I'm following the deer. Casey's kind of flanking it. And we, so we were never like, I was never pointing at him or whatever, but I'm running through the woods, full draw, moving my bow around um, twigs and all this stuff, just cause like I would get there and then, Oh, and then he's, and it was so fast. I had so many different almost shots right away. And then he finally got down to where it was clear and got another shot in him. Um, and Casey and I, we, at that point, we just finally, and then I think he put his arrow in it just because we were right there and, um, just wanted to put that deer down right away. So this is a matter of like 15, maybe 25 seconds. Um, and the deer's expired 12, maybe 25, 30 yards from where we, where I originally shot him. Yeah. Uh, and Casey and I just, we just fall down, man. I just, I, I couldn't believe it. It, it. And then I see the, and then I finally look at his rack and I'm like, oh man, there must've been some distortion in the woods there. Cause he wasn't, he wasn't as big as I, as I remember him in my mind. I, at that point, I didn't care because again, it was just about, just about being in the moment. And this was, like I said, our first night on the spot, had no idea going in totally blind, just to be able to get on a deer at, with the noise we made and everything. Um, I was, I was just amazed. So we were so fired up. And then, then we look up and the deer's only maybe 40 yards, 60 yards from the road and it's downhill. So it was just, it was such a cool, and I just reflecting back on it again, it was just a moment of where I was like, and the reason why it's my favorite is having Casey there, having a good buddy um, and, and just having that time. And, and, and honestly, that hunt shouldn't have worked out you know what I mean? But yeah, just, just seeing the provision of the Lord in that. And, and it was so cool, man. Like, even though like it was a night where we probably should have just road hunted or just like went to, you know, some done something else that would have been the smarter thing. It's like, you know, I was able to, to get on a, a great buck and fill my buck tag here um, at the end of the year. And it was just, 
it, I don't know. It just, it just, it's a hunt that always reminds me of like, no matter, no matter where, where I'm at, like God's got something cool and he can make, he can just make everything smooth out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it just, <clears throat> it makes me laugh looking back on it. And, and it's just, uh-huh. it's one of those where it was just a blast, you know, and it was never about like, trying to shoot a big buck or a buck in general. It was just about being there fellowshipping and, and uh, thanking him for everything. Even the, I remember thanking him for the noise, you know, cause it's like, man, that, I don't know. It just made it fun. So um, yeah, that's, that's probably the hunt that stands out most to me um, with where I'm at hunt wise and like my goals, different goals and stuff like that. Oh, that's awesome, man. I, I, we've all been there. I, I mean, if you've hunted any snow and you know, like that, that the second you said that I could hear it in my mind, like the noise, <laughs> like how much you're like, I am not going to see anything like everything within a mile knows that I'm here now. And then for it to pan out, it's like, I don't know, God can take some like nothing and turn it into something. And then I think what's cool about a lot of times I've noticed this, it seems like whenever you don't expect it, whenever you're just going out there and just having fun and cutting up with your buddies and just enjoying those moments, you know, whenever it pans out like that, you're like, man, that is just bonus. Like, that's just absolutely a blessing for that to happen. So that, that is really cool. Right. And it was, it was awesome. You know, right away, Casey, knowing how, you know, family's important and, and he understands like my family goals and everything like that. He's like, let's go show the kids, you know? So we threw it on <laughs> back of his Subaru and, and went, and they were just all, all types of fired up and now, is this, the, is this the buck that's on your uh, Instagram photo? Yeah. Profile? Yep. Yeah. I was just going to oh, say. That's a cool buck, man. I'll tell you, he's yeah. got like, looking at the end of him, he's got like a little bit of palmation on the last point. I mean, he's got some character, so that's pretty cool. Right. Right. He's, uh, yeah, he's an awesome buck. Um, and I got him, got him Euro mounted. So um, he's, uh, man, it, it was a blast. It was, it was definitely a good one for me, especially growing up in Northern Minnesota. A lot of times it's the tight rack bucks. Yeah. Um, that be, so uh, have something a little wide is, is, is always good for me. Absolutely. That's cool, man. So that's last year. What's your plans? What's kind of bring us through a little bit, you know, it's August, uh, as we record this, you know, getting ready here in the next couple months, things are kind of gearing around. So tell me a little bit about your, your plans for, uh, fall 2021. Right. So I'm super excited for this fall. So this fall I turned is my, uh, December is my 20th or 30th birthday. Sorry. So my wife, thank the Lord for her. Um, she was like, Hey, what do you think about like plant? What you should, you should plan a hunt for your 30th birthday, like out of state Western hunt. She's like, no, like keep it as cheap as you can, but you should plan something. Well, apparently when she was saying we should, we should plan something, she meant we should talk about it some more. But I, I ran with it and I had a set up here uh, a few days later and I had about 10 guys um, that w- said they would go. So um, she was like, well, wait, I thought we were going to talk about it. I said, I thought we did. So it, uh, that's the big one. Um, and she's good. She's like, yeah, it's, it's, I've, uh, I've earned my own money other than uh, my normal income. So um, she's, she's good with it. And, um, we, uh, so that's the big one a Nebraska mule deer, um, hunt Western Nebraska at the end of October. Um, 
it's just it, I love Western Nebraska watching um, the guys Nate and Tom Thomas at um, identical draw there watching those guys hunt out all over Nebraska and uh, especially it just got me fired up for out there and so and it's the tags are 300 bucks with your habitat and and then the regular license so I'm like shoot that's that's cheap enough and yeah. Uh, draw tags so or not draw tags excuse me over the counter so i said that's it man and, and i got uh yeah nine guys that were all going out we're just kind of gonna spread out a couple guys in a group and spread out and just figure out what habitat the deer are in and and try and get as many guys on them as we can here after um so that's the that big like plan. A blast. yeah I'm, I'm excited man um so that's, that's going to be the big one. And then the weekend before that, before the weekend before we leave, um, I said, did I say end of September we're going there? Yeah. End of September yeah. we're going there. Um, and then, so the 18th is when bow season opens here in Wisconsin and, uh, I'm taking my son out for his first bow hunt. We went on a rifle hunt last year. So I'm going to take him out on a, on a bow hunt. Um, so that one I'm really excited for. Um, and then I, like I said, uh, earlier when we were talking, I just got a, a picture of a, of a bruiser buck, um, for, for me on a, on a property. I just picked up permission on in the area and I am, I am so jacked about that. I, like I said, I, <laughs> I haven't gotten really jazzed about, um, or I don't normally get jazzed about bucks, big bucks typically and chasing them. But for some reason, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is, but this one's, this one, this situation's got me fired up. So. Always um, cool. I think whenever you get a new property, like, um, so I sent out these letters to all these property owners. I talked about that before on here and was able to acquire. And one of the smallest pieces, I have three different bucks moving on there. Now two of them, it'll be kind of, whenever the velvet comes off, it'll be a game time decision. Right. <laughs> Whether or not to shoot them. There's two, like eight points that are decent. But there's a 10 point in there that I'm like, man, uh, if he came by that, that would be, it'd be hard to like, he's not a giant, but to me, it's like the fact that I sent out the letter, got permission on a property. It's a small 18 acre piece. Like oh. I, it just gets me fired up, you know, and I know right. it's summer pictures and it doesn't mean anything as far as where they might be come, you know, <laughs> October, but still it's just a guy can hope, right. You get excited right. about it and you're like, it's, it gives you something to dream about. No, absolutely, man. Uh, and maybe that's, that's kind of what I was thinking too. It's just the new property. Um, the fact that it's grown up Northern Minnesota, I had a lot of swamps and stuff. So that's been hard to not have swamps down here or, um, you know, to hunt around those. Uh, I don't know why I just really like them. I love hunting the bluffs and everything too, but this property has a little bit of a, has a, uh, a creek, creek running through it. So having to have a little bit of that habitat um I'm, and it, it's got some incredible pinch points on that creek and there's a couple that i'm specifically excited about for come rut um or early october even um but yeah i don't and, and maybe that's how it is just how it pl lays out i'm just i'm pretty fired up about so it's it's hard i've been i've been uh been looking at a few different supplies here coming up like i, I know you and i talked about um that's one thing too, for this year, I'm trying to decide on a mobile setup. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I feel, 
I was thinking about it and kind of laughing about it. I don't know if you remember when LeBron James did the the decision when he was deciding to go to South Beach. <laughs> I, I feel like I, that's kind of yeah. I feel like that's like all right, Tom. Nowadays. You're in the chair. You're in the chair. Right. Here we go. Here we go. All right, We're, you're in the chair. Uh, what are your plans for the fall? Where are you taking your talents? Uh, I'm gonna take my talents to uh, to XOP. Um, okay. I they're, they're, I'm gonna go with the the tree stand. Um, I just love what they're putting out with. Uh, you know, and that no, legitimately, I feel like nowadays with the saddle and the the trees, hang on, uh, not even a debate, but conversation. Hopefully, it's more of a conversation. Um, I just I feel like that's where it's at. Where it, like literally every time somebody decides, it, it, it's like you can put it on TV. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, now, now you're known as an XOP hunter, or you know, for me, I'm a saddle hunter. That's my identity as a human. Yeah, yeah. I know <laughs> what you're talking about. It becomes a little over the top. I, I was into that whenever I first got into saddle hunting, and then last year I was in ladder stands. I hunted from the ground. I was in my saddle most of the time. Um, but yeah, it's a tool, man. It's a great tool. And XOP, uh, my um, brother-in-law, I think, ended up buying an XOP, and they are great stands. Right. I really, really like what the Duquistos have done and everything they're doing to promote mobile hunting, I think is awesome. Um, you know, but the same thing could be said for tethered and, and, and those different, um, trophy line, uh, H2s, all those different saddles that are, that are coming out and really doing a lot to get out and show people how to use them, um, how to hunt mobily, you know, if that's a word, I think I just coined that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, that's, uh, that's one of my big decisions. I, I think I'm pretty well set on the, the mobile super lightweight mobile stand setup. Um, it's a game changer. Yeah. I, I really think it is for me. I've seen in the last few years, being able to change trees and go and hunt in just about any place I want to, you know, given some circumstances, it's better to be on the ground or in a blind, but for the most part, I can pick a spot I've seen way more um, bigger bucks and seen more bucks and just deer in general by being able to change that up because they can't pattern me as easy. <laughs> so right. that's, that's for sure a really good thing. Right. And I think when you step into the lightweight game, it makes you more eager to do stuff like that and to, and to pursue those situations where, you know, if you got a lug, like a heavier stand, even if it is a hang on, uh, if you got a, you know, a 20 pound stand plus whatever they are, you know, four or five sticks that are, I don't know what some of the weights are that are beyond lightweight stuff, but you know, if they're, I don't know, five, four pounds a stick that adds up quite a bit. So every pound you can shave, you know, it just, it makes you that much more motivated. I think at least that's what I found um, yeah. to get out and, and really just go find them. You know what I mean? And even if it's just a doe, whatever it is, whatever you're, your goal is um so i'm really excited to step into the mobile hunting game um because typically it's just been just hang out on the ground which again yeah. is great and i've had some awesome hunts or it'll be on properties that um we've already got the ladder stand set up and and all that um which again awesome way to do it um you know great way to do it but i don't know there's just something about i think the adventure of um that's what i love about it yeah I will give so everybody a bit of advice, though. Here's here's some <laughs> advice. Midsummer, if your wife's cousin asks to borrow your saddle so he can cut down a tree, 
and he lives three hours away and you want to practice with your saddle at some point before the season, do not let that cousin borrow the saddle. <laughs> my, my saddle is three hours north from here. And I told that guy, I was like, hey, you better cut down that tree and give that to my mother-in-law so I can get that saddle back because it's August and I need to be climbing a tree or two and, and practicing with my setup. So uh, hopefully I get that back soon. You're going to have to take a road trip here pretty soon. I know, man, but with like five kids, it's like, uh, and right. one of them gets car- one of them gets car sick going like five minutes down the road. So I'm a little oh, nervous about oh. this three hour trip, but we'll we'll oh, see. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, one thing oh, I wanted to wrap yeah. up with Tom, um, unless you had any more on the, the, the 2021 prep, but I was going to ask you a little bit more about you mentioned a couple of times Kicking Bear Ministry. Tell me a little bit about what that is. I'm curious. You you piqued my interest a little bit on what that ministry is and your involvement in it. Um, so I was shopping for a new bow back in 2013 and was looking at the mission ballistic and looking at their website. And there was a video of, uh, Ray Howell hunting shot a monster and with this ballistic and he started talking about kicking bear ministry, um, his, it, that, that he, he started. Um, and so I, I messaged him and, and his wife, Karen called me the next day. And because uh, I just told him, I said in the message, I said, I'd love to help you guys out in any way I can. You know, what's what's that look like? Um, you know, what are your guys' needs? And and she basically said, well, whatever you want to do, just just come down and, and help. So um, I, I stayed for part of the summer down there, uh, 2013 and or 2014, excuse me. Um, and got to run around with them and then been helping out. Basically what we do is our bread and butter is we have, um, typically it's a weekend camp for kids, uh, for youth. And, and we just, we tear it up all weekend. It's all free to the kids. Um, if you go to kickingbear.org, um, kickingbear.org, you'll find a website. We have a tab that's called a, uh, the events tab and it has the event schedule um, and it shows all of our upcoming camps here um, all throughout the country and the kids we do arch it, it really depends each camp depends on what the area has so a lot of times but typically or we always have archery we throw tomahawks which is by far my favorite um, event to help out with um, we do a lot of times we've had shotgun uh, shooting um uh, trying to think um we do we gotta we shoot we work with ams a lot so we shoot uh if there's a pond or something we'll shoot carp in the the carp targets and uh helicopters will come medevac a lot of times uh first responders will come and we get tour they'll get kids will get tours of the of the vehicles and everything we had a helicopter come in our last one and kids got to hang out in that um DNR will come out and, you know, if they have the, the fur, um, for exa- different fur examples and different things like that, so, you know, craft tables. Um, and then we do a big marshmallow fight. We're kind of known for the marshmallow fight and, uh, a, a huge tug of war. Um, uh, that's cool, and, man. and then we, do, yeah, it's, it's incredible. And then we do, uh, we have a message and, um, and, and baptisms if they're there, man. And I tell you what, that you want to have something powerful, man, those baptisms of those with those kids making those choices. Um, there's, there's really nothing like it. One of my sons, uh, my son's, my oldest son is six and his, uh, one of his friends 
was baptized at an event and I was telling my son about it. My, my son gave his life to Christ um, a few weeks ago. And then we were talking about baptism and, and it just clicked for him. And, and he's like, Hey, I want to do it too. And, you know, ask him some questions about why. And, um, and I, I was able to do it. Uh, I, I baptized him in our, in our bathtub here. Um, oh, and it, cool, man. So it just, it's, and I called Ray and talked to him about it. And he's like, you know, that's, that's the greatest trophy we'll, we'll ever have, especially as a father. Um, and it's, that's like that weekend, you know, cause, cause that was all at our last event here in, in West Salem, Wisconsin. And, um, that whole weekend, it just, I mean, you just felt the presence of the Lord everywhere. Yeah. It, just, it was, it was incredible, man. And, and, and that goes on all the time. There's, there's big events in Kansas, Texas. I'm, 90% sure we got some stuff going on in Ohio. Um, yeah. And uh, Michigan's another huge one. We work a lot with Center Shot, um, Center Shot Ministry and NASP and stuff too. Um, and it's, yeah, we've, we, it's, it's pretty incredible to see um, just kids get to tear it up. And then we'll do in the fall, we'll do um, youth hunts. So white ta- up here, it's mostly, whitetail bears and then we do turkey hunts in the spring uh we just had our first bow fishing event um and ams showed out for that for sure it was uh it's pretty incredible so like i said kickamera.org um check out the events tab um and it's it's uh that's cool it's it's a blast man there's nothing like it it's one of those where it's an experience you know what i mean so yeah Oh, that's awesome, Tom. I encourage guys to check that out. And um, a lot of, I think they're also on Instagram as well. I looked that up earlier, but some good stuff. And it's just cool. I think whenever you pour into kids' lives um, in any shape or form, I think that that is so critical. I think so many kids need that. They need somebody <laughs> that, besides their Heavenly Father, people that are pouring into their lives, teaching them, um, you know, somebody that they can connect with. So that's awesome. Glad that you're a part of that. And Tom, I want to say thanks for coming on the show today. Enjoyed the story. Um, awesome story there and hearing kind of what's going on in your world. And I wish you good luck this upcoming season as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Travis. All right, man. Well, I'm sure I'll touch base with you soon and uh, we'll chat with you later on, okay? Yes, sir. It's amazing to me um, how God sometimes just sets things up. And I don't I don't really believe in coincidence. Um, I did not tell Tom to bring up the whole Abba Father thing. Yet on the week that I've started fostering extra children, um, or fostering children, Tom brings up Abba Father. And I just think that that's neat timing. Uh, it just makes me think about this verse right here. I want to share with you guys real quick, if you'll listen. Romans 8.15, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you would live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba Father. You know, there's this theory out there, this thought floating around. I've heard it so many times that we are all just children of God. And if you read your Bibles, I think you're going to find that while God loves everybody, not everybody gets to be called his child. Um, If you are not a follower of Jesus, if you have not given your life to God, then you're actually an enemy of God. You're a child of the devil, as he's called. And and I've been there. Uh, In fact, everybody's been there. We've all sinned and we've all messed up and we've all fallen short of God's glory and that has made us enemies of him. 
and he has the right to throw us away, to cast us aside, to completely get rid of us. But instead, God sends his own son. If we believe in him, we are then adopted as his children. Now, I've, I've seen some adoptions before where it was pretty evident which kids were the natural-born children and which ones were the adopted kids because the person who did the adopting treated the natural-born ones with special treatment and the adoption kids were kind of like second scraps, right? I've seen that before, but that's not what God does. God does not, whenever he adopts us as his children, he allows us to call him Abba Father, to cry out Abba Father, which is like what Tom said, Daddy. You are able to call the God of the universe Daddy. You have that kind of relationship. You can have that kind of relationship with him if you don't. Some of us feel like we're too far gone. Some of us look at God as just that angry guy in the sky, the militant father, military father maybe, who's just, he's got these list of rules and you got to follow him or else. I see God as the person who took me, even though I had completely sinned against him, I had done things wrong. Um, these kids that came to me you know, this past week, they did nothing wrong. It wasn't their fault that they're in the situation that they're in. But I had done things wrong. I had done things to put myself in the situation that I was in, and God still chose to call me his child. He adopted me and allows me to call him that. Um, that's just incredible. And if you don't have that and you'd like to know more about what that father is like and who he is, I'd love to tell you. Send me an email at sheddinglightod at gmail.com. Hop on Facebook, Messenger, Instagram. Uh, connect with Tom. Uh, look up Tom Lalonde on Instagram, and I'm sure Tom could tell you about uh, that good news that comes from being a child of God and what that looks like. Um, guys, I want to thank you once again for another episode. Thanks for listening to my little mini sermons. If you get sick of them, I'm sorry. I'm not going to stop, but that's that's part of the show. That's part of what Shedding Light Outdoors and Shedding Light Hunting Stories podcast is all about is hunting stories mixed in with a little bit of life and the experiences that we have. If you'd like to come on the show, you know how. There's that email we already talked about, and I would love to have you on. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a fantastic week, and until the next time, I won't say next week because who knows when I'll get another guest, but uh, (laughs) until next time, I want to encourage you to shed the light.